love of the game. This is Love Set Match. I mean, Andre Agassi had this goal. You don't have to be better than everyone else in the draw when you go out on the court. Like, you have to be better than someone that's across the net. I think you got to stay active in a sport sense, you know, go out there, do some sports. I think it always makes you feel better, maybe you're more tired in the very moment, but actually the rest of the day feels better. And then I think giving back as well, you know, making other people happy is going to give you a good feeling too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tennis Pal Chronicles, the podcast to feed your passion for all things tennis. I'm your host, Philip Kim, and I'm joined by my co-host, Valerie Garcia. How are you, Valerie? Hey, Philip. Hey, everyone. I'm wonderful. How about you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Um, I am happy that we get to do something in February because the Australian Open is right underway right now. So much is going on. Very exciting. And this is usually one of your favorite tournaments, isn't it? I do love it. I do love it. Because you're so better hard to than pick me. A favorite, but yeah, I, I you're gonna say I'm better than you. Like I stay up all night, huh? Yes, that's <laughs> right. Like every year we talk about this, how like you have incredible stamina, even though your work hours are insane. You you stay up and watch and watch and watch, and you're so good at it. I've been pretty bad this year so far. <laughs> well, we've we're only like five days in. However, right. this is probably the worst I've. I've been at staying awake. Uh, maybe because because Roger's not in it, and everyone keeps losing. But uh, <laughs> I'm I am going to try my best to do better for the next week. Once we start getting into the second week, for sure. Yeah, it definitely feels a little different. It still feels like we're in the COVID pandemic. So. You know, it still feels like uh, people are not as excited about tennis. I definitely, if you watch it on television, you're seeing that there's very little crowd. Although there is some crowd, which is uh, surprising, actually. It's really cool to see that um, they're playing tennis. And actually, as I've been watching the highlights and uh, some of the games on ESPN, I have been kind of excited to just see tennis again. Yes, and it, and the quality is pretty good considering most of them had to quarantine hard, or hard quarantine for 14 days and didn't get to really play very much. Right. <laughs> that was quite an epic ordeal. Uh, I don't think it was any of the players, right? It was some of the people that were on their private plane, chartered plane. Uh, some of the workers, uh, flight crew, had actually tested positive for COVID, and so lots of the players had to quarantine, right? Correct. I think it was 64 or something, uh, up to 70 players that had to quarantine. And then it extended to, you know, players, uh, managers, and, and it was like over 150 people at one point that were all quarantined. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just horrible, but it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous that this is happening, you know? It, it is. But, you know, it, it it's so cool how Australia just jumps on it right away. I, I saw an interview of Naomi Osaka saying like, okay, I'm lying. I didn't see an interview. I heard someone talking about the interview on the tennis podcast <laughs> about Naomi Osaka saying that like everyone is like living their life and like doing stuff because, you know, uh, they don't have the same, I guess, COVID situation that we have here in the United States. And she was right. like, I feel so guilty like walking around, like everyone's looking at me. So she's like, I just stay in my hotel. 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, it, I can, I could see how that would be like because of how it is here. You know, um, it's so different over there right now. They are able sure. to go out and do stuff because they have so few cases. Yeah, so few cases compared to us. I mean, relatively speaking, right? Correct. I think they in Victor. Uh, I saw like Darren Cahill talking two nights ago. They had ten cases in Victoria, so they like shut the whole city down for two weeks. Like everyone, like there was ten cases, and there was nine hundred exposed people that all had to go into hard quarantine. Wow. Um, so it's just I, I think they just completely deal with it differently. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I have yeah. a lot of respect for them being able to do that. Let's just say. Yeah, me too. I, I wish uh, we were a little bit more strict over here. Unfortunately, Los Angeles, I just read, just surpassed the number of deaths in the United States. We were number one. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have uh, the highest rate of deaths now. And so that's just horrible. It's just terrible that we are struggling so much with this pandemic. But I am very grateful and very glad that Australia and New Zealand have done such a great job and, and are doing well and that the players are relatively safe. Yes, it's uh, it's just so fun to be able to watch them playing again. Yeah, and well, Grand Slam I think the tennis, and Grand Slam tennis. And speaking of Grand Slam, there's probably no other uh, bigger than Serena trying to win her 24th Grand Slam trophy. Uh, you, as our Serena reporter, have to have some feeling about that. Well, I I have some feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I my feeling is is that I I don't um I feel like I've kind of given up on that dream in terms of there's just so much young blood out there gunning for her and it's so yeah. hard. Um it's really is so hard to put together seven wins over 2 weeks. But if the rumors are true with these courts being as fast as they've ever been, I have to imagine that favors her game. And uh, her, after her first match win, she, even at her press conference, she said, um, she called her, she referred to herself as Vintage Serena. So that's pretty cool. And I guess, you know, makes me feel hopeful. However, yeah. well, she's... that being said, I, I mean, I think it's a big ask. I think she's on Naomi Osaka's side of the draw. So even to get just to the final, I I think is... I don't think she's the favorite, personally, in my, in my mind. I think Osaka is the favorite, but that's just me. Right, yeah, and you're right. Osaka is in her side of the draw, so that's a tough one. And she has all that pressure, right? People are talking a lot about the pressure to get to 24, which is like her dream goal. She wants to tie Margaret Court, and you know how poetic if she can do it there in Australia. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Serena has a very easy draw. Yeah. So she'll definitely earn it if she gets there. I mean, we'll see. That's why we watch. Yeah. Oh, it's possible Tom Tom Brady um, inspired her. <laughs> All these older athletes that are doing miraculous things, right? I, I, I should call it the Federer effect. Yes. Well, I was worried about Serena because she did withdraw from a tournament tune-up event with shoulder injury. So I was hoping that that was not going to upset her in any way. And 
you never know, right? Are they hiding the injury so that it doesn't uh, tip off their player? But she did withdraw. She did have to withdraw. So I mean, whoever's playing her already knows that she she was probably struggling with something. Yeah, it's possible. Or she's struggling with I don't want to play anymore. I just entered this tournament, right? To get match ready and then ditch it. So. Yeah, it's definitely a smart call for sure. For her to make sure that she is match ready, gets enough rest, and you know isn't overly tired, we would hope. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. And I've been watching uh, Ash Barty coming into the tournament. I was really excited about Bianca Andrescu coming back as well. Both of them being Grand Slam champions in their own right. Ash Barty, of course, being world number one. I just love the way Bianca plays. Just so full of variety and uh, confidence for her age. But uh, sadly, already she's out. I was super bummed. I love Andreescu. She is definitely quickly becoming one of my favorites. Like you said, the the style of her game is so fun to watch. It really is. Um, yeah, you the could... variety, the slicing, the drop shots. Just it's and the confidence, like the way she struts around a court. Uh, she has this like attitude, and it's it's just fun and entertaining. I'm really sad she's out. I hope she. Does, I mean, she struggled with injuries all last year, so hopefully this year she's she can just stay healthy and we can get a true glimpse of what she can do. Right. And her opponent was the trickiest of all opponents, uh, Shea Suwei, <laughs> <laughs> who is just amazing in the way that she plays tennis. It's so unorthodox, and it's no one else plays like her, which makes it so tough when you're up against her. But Andrescu has beaten her before in the past, so I didn't think that uh, it was going to be problematic. But she herself, Andrescu, said in the presser afterwards that you know she thought she played the best tennis she could on that day, and she just realizes that she needs to raise her level. She's not where she used to be, and you know that was kind of uh, hard to listen to. But yeah, sadly, she's out. Yeah, and she went out the same day that my other new favorite young up-and-comer, Grand Slam. Um, champion. Reigning, defending champion went out. Yeah, you're, of course you're like, talking about no. Sophia Kennan. Yes. She, they, to me, they remind me of each other. They have the, the interesting game where they can, you know, flip on a switch of power or guile and... Uh, drop shots and the attitude and the walking around the court like with that little strut I you know they both have that really fun new style I like yeah and they both went out (laughs) (laughs) which leaves Ash Barty who I was excited about world number one and she has been playing good I believe she won the the warm-up tournament coming up into uh, the Grand Slam and so she's really hitting on all cylinders. Every time I've seen her play, uh, I feel like she's very confident. She's hitting really well. Um, I feel like uh, she's in shape. Uh, and she hasn't had like super easy opponents. Uh, Gavrilova uh, is not an, an easy opponent, but she took her out 6176. Uh, so I feel like uh, she's in fine form. Yeah, she double bageled the her first round opponent who I don't remember who it was, but I was like, oh, she came to play. <laughs> and then I, I missed the first round, but I did see her play Gabriela and she 
Gavrilova. Yeah. How do you say her name? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it was it got a little tricky in the second set, for that's for sure. But she made it through in straight sets, so I'm sure she'll get some good confidence. And should, I expect her to make a deep run. She also is so fun to, to watch as well. She is. She's she's more interesting though. I think she lacks that swagger and that attitude that you were talking about, right? She's very uh, into herself. Um, I, I should say she holds things into herself, not into herself like she's super yeah. conceited. She's like a introverted with her expression of her tennis. Yeah. Whatever's you, going on in the You court. don't see her celebrating very big uh, on points where she's winning and, and she's hitting these incredible slices. I mean, her, her slice game is... Second to none, I think. Yeah. I think that's why I like her, because I, I I like the slice and dice game. You do have a wicked backhand slice. I know that. <laughs> I like I like the forehand slice, too. Yeah, that's great. It's always fun. That one actually throws more people off, because it's, it's just going in the opposite direction. It's, it's something that people don't have to deal with very often. Yep. And there's, you know, my favorite, the dark horse, Pliskova. She has yet to win a Grand Slam, uh, the serve queen, the ace queen uh, of the WTA. And so far, she's made it through two rounds of opponents. Uh, she bageled her first opponent, Paolini, from Italy. And she won against Daniel Collins, who is not an easy opponent. Daniel is a fighter. So, it w- you know, Danielle is the other one who I was very sad to see <laughs> go the other day because she is just like she is the third in my little tr- uh, tripod of girls with attitude who are fun to watch because you're Danielle is not an easy. She's not a pushover. She's no, a tough one. She's and a fighter. So Pliskova yeah. had to do really well to take her out. That's for sure. Yeah. And I believe she has a new coach. So it's kind of like a new attitude, new coach. Uh, let's see how far we can go. Yeah. I'm excited for her. I hope that she can get far. Um, whether she can stay in the same game with a, a Serena or a Osaka is the big question. Yeah, for sure. I think if her serves on with the courts being so fast, you know, it would, it would really benefit her. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, with any of these girls, once their serves go off, it's kind of like the rest of the game follows. Yeah. And we forgot to mention that Sophia Kennan lost to Kai Kanepi, who was kind of a surprise, I, I think. Right. You know, I wasn't that surprised because Kai Kanepi's taken out a few big names. Oh, in her she day. can. You know, she like is on any so given strong. day, she could blast people off the court. She really can. Yeah, but I mean, she's thirty-five years old now, and she she's a fighter, no doubt about it. But I just didn't expect that much of a game, and in, in order to take out, you know, Kennan because Kennan's got game. True, and and I thought I thought a few times that Kennan was gonna like make a comeback, and nothing. Mm. Um, so I was just a little surprised that she was unable to, to do that. But I think in her press conference, she kind of mentioned that, you know, the pressure of defending her title, like they compared her to Anna Ivanovich when she was trying to defend her Roland Garros. Yeah. Um, and then like once she lost, she was like, I'm just so relieved. <laughs> and All the so, pressure. So what I, yeah, what I heard was kind of like that Sophia Kenyon, Kenyon kind of just felt a little bit of relief, right? Right. And now she can get back to just the tennis she knows. 
Yeah, and another heavy hitter from America, uh, Shelby Rogers. She's made it through the first round, and we'll see how far she goes. But she's she's a big hitter as well. So I really feel like um, that's going to be if, if they get to the place where they're fighting each other, that would be amazing. But I think if Rogers goes through and Barty goes through, they'll be playing each other. That would be really good. Yeah, good one to watch. Yeah. Definitely. That's exciting. Well, let's get to the men and talk about, um, you know, you feel like it's a shoe-in for Djokovic. We say this for every tournament now because it usually is, right? It usually is, but I don't know. I, everyone's saying the courts are super, super fast. So I, I feel like if if ever there's a year for someone with a different style of game to step in and knock people off, this might be it. Mm. Yeah, let's see. How has he been doing? I mean, he did kind of struggle against Tiafo, uh, which was this last uh, match, and, um, you know, took it in four sets. But um, straight sets with Chardy in the first, Chardy in the first round. Uh, <laughs> he's got Taylor Fritz next. And uh, Taylor Fritz is a big server, but th- I-, I think that was a pretty big, epic uh, win for Taylor Fritz, who beat Riley Opelka. Both Americans, yeah. both big servers, and uh, for Riley to go out, it was uh, kind of a surprise because I thought he would be able to serve his way out, but I uh, could not. I, I also heard that he had like three or four match points in the tie break, and with his serve, like he got, he got, he broke. Yeah. <laughs> well, mini breaks, but I think, I, I don't know. I heard that it was quite surprising. Um, that he had so many match points on his serve. I think he had like three on his serve, not just three match points. Wow. It kind of made me curious to want to know what happened, but I didn't have time to look it up. And sp- but I'm excited for Taylor's uh, Fritz. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a great player, and he's got that long history of uh, playing in tennis. I actually uh, had the wonderful opportunity to interview Tori Fretz, who was at one time the world number four in the U.S. And uh, I'll make sure to put a link to that episode, our last episode, in the show notes. But it was just interesting because Tori Fretz knew Taylor Fritz's mom from tennis back in the day. So cool. Yeah. (laughs) The, The circle that comes all the way around. Really hopeful for him and hope that he does continues to do well but i mean he's got Djokovic next you know that's a big ask it really is it really is and i mean maybe if he catches him on a really hot day because it was hot the other day and Djokovic tends to get kind of irritable <laughs> right but i still think you know i still think that un- until proven otherwise Oh, my money's always going to be on Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like the two other big stories are, of course, Rafael Nadal and Kyrgios in his hometown court. Uh, Nadal has really been playing well, but came into the tournament with an injury and says that he's really struggling with his back right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Us Federer fans know that back what the back does yeah and i mean it's it's always there for tennis right i mean i think it's got to be the serve i know pete sampras went out because of back and uh andre agassi also struggled with back injuries federer of course and yeah so many people are are taken out and it's got to be the serve motion i think it's just one of the strangest 
movements in sports. For sure, especially if they if you have like a kick that kick serve that some of them have that a lot of torque in that motion. But I never really thought Nadal had that much of a twisty motion that looked like that. But who knows? I mean, who knows what happens to tweak someone's back or or whatever, right? I mean, like Roger's been out with multiple knee injuries and it was because it all started with like taking his kid out of the bathtub. <laughs> like, right. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, who knows what what could have maybe started this back stuff with Nadal. It could be tennis or it could have just been like a freak freak incident um, that has carried into this, but I hope he's okay. I mean, he was playing really great the other night and I was, I was enjoying watching him. Yeah. I mean, his play has been great, which leads me to think he's highly medicated uh, to get through these matches. But he did say in a Spanish interview that and that he, I think today, was actually going to try a new back treatment, something that was different, and that if that didn't make him feel um, a lot better, marginally better, that he probably would not be able to continue. Oh, wow. I did not hear that at all. Yeah, it was actually in a tweet that was in Spanish, and then uh, someone had translated that Spanish. So could be rumor. You know, it's Twitter. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Now I know you make me want to go look it up because um, I, would, I would definitely be interested. So we'll we'll yeah. see. He did have to stop uh, at the ATP Cup. Thankfully, it was not actually a withdrawal from a tournament where he lost because at the ATP Cup, they could substitute him. But he did decide not to play a match and finish out the cup because of his back injury. So we know it's a real thing for sure. Correct. Correct. And it, I mean, I kind of thought it was, again, one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to mess up my back because the Australian Open is next week. Right, but he's still talking about it at every press conference. He's saying it's not good. It's not good. It doesn't feel good. Uh, he's struggling, and I know that Nadal can sometimes come across as a hypochondriac in his press conferences and just say that he's a lot worse than he feels. But um, you know, got to take him at his word on this one. It's true. I don't. I don't necessarily tend to buy it. I think most people hide their injuries, and Nadal's one of those open and honest people. But I also think injuries aren't aren't enough to stop him. Anyway, he likes to suffer. <laughs> I think he'll just be like, "Great, I I love the idea of winning the Australian Open with a broken back." <laughs> I didn't even need my back to beat you. Yeah, he's like, I could beat you with my hands tied behind my broken back. <laughs> <laughs> on one leg. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, but well, we shall see. I I don't know. His play did not look like... I know what he's saying, but I, I watched him play, and it didn't seem at all like he was struggling to rip the hell out of the ball. Me too. On both wings. Me too. I was watching, you know, I, I'm sure the whole world is. We're all watching to see, does he actually have a chance here, you know? I actually thought Djokovic was making more complaints about heat, about body, rubbing his shoulder, like moving it. Like maybe it's just the difference in the way they express themselves on the court. Yeah. But um, and and maybe also I just have way too much faith in Rafa from twenty years of him breaking my heart over and over. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just too emotionally invested in this. I can't look at it logically. However. 
I'd be willing to make a wager, you know. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I that I believe I believe that he will he will be fine and he will make a nice deep run. Yeah, well, and it will be very historic if he actually can lift the trophy because this would finally put him ahead of Roger Federer as far as the trophy count for Grand Slams. You feel like that's going to be inevitable, anyways, right? Because the French Open is just around the corner. <laughs> And uh, yes. that seems like a foregone conclusion. But if he does it here, even more so. Yeah. I mean, it would be it would be tough. If the courts are truly as fast as everyone says, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a strange a strange outcome. Like a Sitsipas or even like a Fritz, just some random person who whose game is more suited to something super fast. Because even like Wimbledon isn't fast anymore. Right, right. This you know, slow so the grass like down. the way they're talking about the way they're talking about this surface this year, it just seems like it's really gonna probably make a difference in who we see in the final this year. Yeah. Well, all the more reason to be sad that uh, Warwinka went out because you feel like here's a man who can play fast on fast courts and really take somebody out like Djokovic. I, I never actually thought about Wawrinka as a fast court player, but I guess you're right. But, you know, cause, because of his wins being the Australian, the French, and then the U.S. Open, all of which that have been slowed down over the years so much. Um, I mean, just the the fact that he hits harder than most people. So on a faster he, court. He really does. He really does. <laughs> or if like, can you imagine if like Del Potro was playing in this tournament? Exactly. Like, he would probably also really do well. And I think like, did Kevin Anderson go in out in the first he round? He did. Yeah. That That's surprising to me too. I would have thought he would have done better. Personally. Yeah, but, he had a tough you know, opponent that he was up against Berrettini, who is very, he, really an up-and-coming player, uh, just got a full game, um, hits, his forehand is very powerful. So I think Berrettini might be able to go pretty deep, too. It's it's going to be interesting to see the two Italians, actually, Berrettini and uh, Fognini. Fognini, if he gets through... Nadal? Yeah, I mean, Nadal in the next round, yeah, but... Uh, he he plays Demonur next, actually. Oh wait, did you hear the the drama with Fonini and the Italian he played? Well, I heard that he was like swearing in some or something, and then people were trying to translate it. It was pretty bad. Yeah, there was swearing, and the I heard the translation on the tennis podcast, and I was laughing so hard because it was something <laughs> like. Fonini was like giving him the, giving him crap, like "What are you doing?" Blah 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 blah. And the guy's like, "What are you talking about? Like I'm not doing anything." And, and they're like fighting over nothing. And I, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was quite funny. Um, I recommend we all go look it up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of giving somebody crap, uh, I think one of the strangest moments was that this lady interrupted uh, Rafa Nadal and actually kind of yelled at him what was she, what did she actually yell it was something like oh my god why do you take so long uh, yeah <laughs> apparently they say that she was inebriated <laughs> but i thought it was just hilarious that she was complaining about how slow he was serving basically 
And then she threw up and gave him the bird and flipped him off. I mean, haven't we all wanted to yell that at Nadal at some point, though? <laughs> uh, I mean, I know Federer has. <laughs> I, for sure. I mean, I've yelled at Djokovic a couple times, too, with the bouncing of the balls. The 20 but, to 30 bounces, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so funny that she apparently got ejected from the stadium as well, of course, because of her rude gesture and Nadal... You know, wasn't even phased, went on to win. Well, I heard in his press conference that he didn't even realize she was doing that at him. Oh, okay. She, he he was like, oh, that was at me? Like, why? That's just hearsay, though. I didn't actually see the press conference. That's just what I heard yeah. happened. <laughs> That's somewhat like someone uh, said, hey, what did you think of that lady flipping you off? And he had to, like, turn to his box and, like, get a translation. Yeah. <laughs> And then when they told him, he was like, oh, that was directed at me. <laughs> well, all throughout the whole incident, if you watch the video, he's he's laughing and smiling. I mean, he doesn't look offended in any way, just distracted, right? He stopped serving. Yeah. So it yeah. even made I don't, I don't the think moment really... even longer. <laughs> totally right. I think he was he was pretty cool about it in his press conference, too, saying like, making jokes that she was basically just drunk, right? Yeah. He was forgiving. Well, it'd be interesting to see Fognini, uh, how he'll do with Nadal, if Nadal is, in fact, struggling, and yet he makes it through Cameron Nori. Fognini has beat him three times. I know it's all been on clay, so this would be a lot faster, and maybe it wouldn't be as much of a challenge, but you've got to think that Nadal has that in his head, right? Yeah. For sure. Oh, I'm really excited. A lot of good matches coming up. This is this is all great stuff. I know. This weekend is going to be just like, I'm just going to be glued to my TV. And I don't work on Monday, so I have a three-day weekend. Right. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. So excited. <laughs> yeah, hopefully a lot of people will listen to this over the holiday. That would be exciting. Yeah. Well, maybe someone who could take advantage of the fast courts is Alexander Zverev. What do you think of that? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he was a finalist at the last slam, even though that was the most painful final of slam history that I can think of. <laughs> the way they played. Uh, so yeah. so relatable, but wow. Um, and and also, you've got to think, team's got a, a, a great chance as well. Yes. I mean, fast court, I don't necessarily think of team, but he is so good that I think his game translates to any surface. So... I don't see why he wouldn't be a huge favorite. Same with Medvedev. Yeah, he did take out Federer at uh, Indian Wells on the hard as well. So obviously, like you said, it's not like he can't play on hard court. And he's got such a big game. Uh, Correct. But if if I'm I'm remembering correctly, Indian Wells is super slow. That was super slow the last few years. I mean, as far as I'm remember hearing most of the courts have slowed down a lot yeah. dramatically yeah i think they probably just do that so that you get longer rallies right yeah for more exciting tennis for baseline tennis makes you wonder if uh, craig tilly purposely chose a fast surface to to try to get roger to come <laughs> i know right well he probably i'm sure they had the surface laid you know before he withdrew <laughs> They probably sent samples to Roger. What do you think? Gotta, yeah, right? <laughs> How dare he miss? 
I think he should have just tested out the dang knee, you know? <laughs> and then, of course, there's the dark horse, Daniil Medvedev, who seems he, like he can play on any surface. He hasn't won a slam yet. He's been to a couple finals, but wow, it'd be very interesting to see how far he can go. Yes, I, I, I hope to watch him watch him play as well. Um, I've got to say, though, I, my opinion of Zverev and Medvedev have really been tainted by all the controversy that's flying around Twitter, uh, both of them being accused of kind of shady relationships uh, with women and uh, just horrible how uh, Zverev's girlfriend came out and really just blasted him uh, for being controlling and abusive and made it all public. And of course, Zverev completely denied everything. So who knows if it's really true. But I mean, I tend to tend to um, side with the women on these kinds of things because they never get the justice due to them, especially if they're not the star, or they're not the the power, right? Yeah, um, it's really complicated situation. I don't even know that I have anything politically correct to say. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who dates women, all I'm going to say is that I feel for men sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's very generous of you. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> but I mean, the rumor for I've seen I've seen some things, but for sure, I mean, w- women need to be um, listened to and and believed, and so for me, you know, I, I don't even know what to do. I, I just try to enjoy the tennis and leave the personal stuff out of it, unless there's some sort of formal conviction. You know, um, yeah, for some reason, I can't do that. Like, as soon as I read all of that stuff about Medvedev and stalking that model online and how she came out against him, and um, you know, he had just gotten married, and I, you know, I don't know how much of that is true or if it's true at all, but like, why would this girl come out and just put herself at risk? And she was attacked, I mean, so many people attacked her for saying all of these things and um you know that's so unfortunate that women who try to be open uh, get attacked for being open and trying to be truthful and try to get healing yeah i hate that i i I think i should probably look into these things because i think for me it's it's like i i don't really I think I just like surface level kind of heard about these things, um, but never really looked into it. Well, and that's the thing. I don't know that we'll ever know the truth, right? We'll never actually be at that level where we can understand <laughs> as fans what's actually yeah. happening. But, you know, it did it did taint my view of, you know, of both of those players. It just made me feel like I took a step back in my fandom against them. Of course, I love their tennis. I love, well, I don't really love Medvedev's tennis, but... <laughs> But I I enjoy watching them play tennis. But you just wish that their character matched their tennis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, with me, with Zverev, it's it's easy to, I guess, maybe put him in certain categories because it's not just the accusations. He's actually behaved really irresponsibly in many different ways. Right, that's true. You know, over the last year, there's been several situations where he's just made really poor decisions and put other people's lives at risk. And so to me, I'm, I'm just like, there, there's a lot, I guess there's a lot of um, substance there when I'm deciding that he's not that likable of a guy. Right, right. 
that being said, I don't know. I mean, I don't really root for either of these guys very much to, to form much of an opinion strongly for or against them. They're kind of background players for me. Yeah. Well, if it's true, we hope the the best for the girls who are affected, and we hope that they can heal and, and find support that they need. And we hope that, you know, the tennis community would would look into it the and and have an effect you know so that we can enjoy our game without all of this riffraff going going around and you know hopefully somebody's taking accountability uh to heart here yeah i mean it would be really nice if the atp developed some sort of policy you know yeah like it doesn't seem like there's any sort of repercussions for these guys it really doesn't yeah at all um they're just going about like they always went about and and again it's very hard i don't i don't want to be on one side or the other without knowing really anything about it but i have to imagine like there has to be some sort of policy that for domestic violence you know and just being not being tolerated. Well, it was interesting that right around the same time as all of this revelation happened, Zverev was dropped from Team 8, uh, Roger Federer's management firm. That's actually run by Tony Godzik. He's no longer on that Team 8 management roster and now is being managed by his brother, the tennis player as well. So interesting, the timing on that. And if that yeah. was be- a repercussion because of his bad behavior, kudos to Roger <laughs> and the t- and the- and the teammate uh, people because at least they moved in a in a way that says, "Hey, we don't want to taint our image." Yeah. Again, hearsay, rumor. Have no idea. We're not on the inside. We are not on the inside, but even those on the inside don't know. That's true. Yeah. You know, that's that's what's so crappy about these types of situations is, you know, nobody knows what happens behind closed doors. Right. Well, thank you, Valerie, for spending a couple of minutes with me so we can go over our excitement for the Australian Open. And uh, I just wanted to tell everyone that, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Tennis Pal, and we want everyone to check out this great app that they can download for Android and iPhone, and they can find people to play with. And some exciting news that's happening here in Los Angeles on the app, we're actually starting a flex league uh, for Tennis Pal so um, people can find a place to play. Uh, as you know, the USTA has been on and off with their teams, their leagues, uh, the adult leagues, uh, because of COVID and also because there's been a big shakeup at the USTA as far as uh, who's running it and what's happening, uh, both Southern California and national. So it's good to find that there are alternatives besides the USTA leagues where you can find people to play with and have fun and enjoy tennis. I actually really want to join, so I'm going to check that out. I don't remember what the deadline was. I set a reminder in my phone. Yeah, I would just encourage people to just download the app um, and check it out. There's news there. They can also go to TennisPal.com to find out more about the Flex League, uh, read more about our podcast, as well as all the tennis news for the Australian Open. It's all being covered there as well. Yes. Let's go play tennis. <laughs> I, Valerie, I actually went to play tennis today for the first time in probably 30 days. Wow. Yeah. 
How'd it go? It was, I, I actually set a timer for myself where I said, okay, I'm only going to play for an hour and a half, no longer. As much as I get into it and have fun, you know, I just wanted to yeah. make sure that I took it very slow because I'm so worried that my body's out of shape. It's kind of amazing how fast you lose muscle tone. So here is a public service reminder for everybody out there that's been sheltering at home like me. Take it slow when you get out there. Be careful because your body is not the same as it was when we first went into the pandemic. And it's <laughs> it's going to need some reconditioning to get to the place where you're going to feel good again. But I had fun. Yeah. Awesome. I, That's great. I, I want to go play this weekend. Wish yes, you should. Absolutely. And I, I do feel like it's you know one of the safer things to do out there as far as physical fitness. I'm just hoping that I can get a vaccine soon. You haven't gotten a vaccine, have you? I have not, but I just found out that um, massage therapists just got approved as being in some, I don't know, some tier level that's sooner than Oh, others. that's great. Um, I hope you get it. I just, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I'm fine to just hunker down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't leave my house really anyway, so... Right. Well, I told myself I, I wanted to kind of wait till I got a vaccine shot to start teaching again and start getting out on courts with the general public because I interface with so many different groups of people and kind of worried, you know, long-term effects. No, I hear you. It makes sense. I guess I'm I'm very fortunate that I work from home and I really don't have to see anyone. So Yeah. Well, let's enjoy the Australian Open. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate when you do listen, and we would love to hear from you. So you can send an email to aces at lovesetmatch.net. Visit our online community at lovesetmatch. Uh, we also have launched Love Set Match as a YouTube channel and started to produce new YouTube videos. So I hope you'll check that out and see what we're up to. We did a tribute for Kobe Bryant. Did you know that Kobe Bryant loved tennis? I did know that. So that was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully people will enjoy that video. I just think it's amazing to see him swinging, and he really had great forehand, great core rotation. He was playing with Naomi Osaka in one of the videos. It was just so fun to watch and, and so heartbreaking because you really feel like he would have elevated the game of tennis in so many different ways if he had kept playing. Yeah. So we will miss him. It's true. Yeah. We will miss him. Well, I'll miss you, Philip, until we meet Until again. we're vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> may, may all your serves then be aces. aces. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.